everyone, this is Leslie. And this is B. And you're listening to Getting Shitfaced, a podcast where two friends across the country from each other get together over drinks and talk about our favorite show, Shits Creek. This week we're recapping the season five episode, Meet the Parents. <sighs> I love this episode. It's a good episode. How's it going, Leslie? <laughs> about the same at this point. I, I feel like we've hit a plateau <laughs> which is nice in a way i think that i'm so yeah. the anxiety is kind of leveled out because nothing new and crazy has happened so. <laughs> kind of waiting for it but yeah i don't know if you got your quarantine calendar of things the world is doing right now like we did banana bread and sourdough and <laughs> kitty pools but if you flip to october we're now in Knitting. <laughs> I made a scarf and a hat. I saw it. And a hat. Yeah, I did make a hat. I made two hats actually. Nice. Uh so I'm basically an eighty five year old at this point. The other day I knitted and did a crossword and that was it. But we should definitely talk about this episode because it's amazing. We only have one episode, but we got plenty to talk about, so Oh yeah. We're here to talk about it. So should we get into it? Let's do it. Okay. So on Meet the Parents, uh, Moira is coaxed into going to a soap opera convention by Alexis. And when David throws a surprise party for Patrick's birthday and invites his parents, he and the Brewers are in for a surprise of their own. And since we have surprises all over the place in this episode, um, we are drinking a cocktail called Surprise Me. It is cranberry juice, vodka, spiced rum, triple sec, and apple pucker. And so I guess that little bit of sour that you get from the mm. apple there is, I guess, the surprise and the surprise me. I don't know. But that's what it is. So that's what we're drinking. <laughs> In true quarantine fashion, I had not any of that stuff. And so I am drinking cheap sangria, also in honor of this episode. <laughs> Let's dive into it, I guess. Let's talk about this episode. I think we should talk about the B story a little bit. Yeah. And then we can get into the meat of it yeah. afterwards. So there's a lot of stuff happening in this episode, but the kind of also happening in this episode is Alexis is talking Moira into going to a soap opera convention. Moira is in <laughs> is in need of some cash for Cabaret. She's apparently got big projects for them on the horizon. A darling little medical center <laughs> that Alexis or Johnny could go to <laughs> yeah. to make money. I love that it's not Moira or David. It is specifically no. Alexis or Johnny could go do the tests. <laughs> and make up to $200. Wow. Wait till Moira finds out about how you can sell your plasma. I know, right? <laughs> Should have been doing that all along. I know. Um... Alexis has bigger plan, bigger plans for them. She does. Uh, she's she's doing her job, even though I right. don't think Moira has necessarily asked her to do this part of her job. I guess, um, judging by no. Moira's reaction, but she she's looking for opportunities where they come up and has found this yep. this idea and has very much run with it without Moira's approval. <laughs> yeah, she has girl bossed it up and is hashtag hustling. <laughs> Um, <laughs> to get uh, some 
to kind of get Moira back out there into the soap opera scene. Yeah. In the pretty large Elmdale <laughs> soap opera convention. Surprisingly, yeah. Moira is reluctant, but sees dollar signs. <laughs> yes. And she's she acts like she's afraid of letting Alexis see this side, but I think mm-hmm. she's afraid of indulging this side herself more is really what right. it comes down to. She wants to be, you know, an artist and <laughs> yeah. so she thinks she's above it, yeah. Yeah, she thinks she this is beneath what she ha- like this would be kind of like living in Schitt's Creek, like <laughs> as an actress. Um, it's be- beneath her. Right. Um Surprise, Moira, you do live in Schitt's Creek. <laughs> Surprise, Moira, you do live in Schitt's Creek. And even if you don't, if you're Gloria Gregson, you get over it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because you make some money. Yeah, Gloria's bought herself a winery. I mean, there's clearly money to be made here. And you don't just have to sell pictures of your feet to get there. <laughs> right, and it's interesting, too, that Gloria kind of talks about this that it gives you independence to kind mm-hmm. of go after like you don't have to just go for anything you don't have to do adult diaper commercials in japan mm-hmm. <laughs> if you don't want to because this kind of gives you the freedom to be more choosy even if it does seem like you're doing something beneath you like moira does right and that is part of moira's journey that we see throughout the seasons is her being able to have more control over the projects that she mm-hmm is a part of she was forced out of sunrise bay not by choice she right did manage to turn down the first attempt at the crows film took the second one with slightly better terms and then we see her negotiating for even better terms with the sunrise bay reboot and so this is part of it is that she's learning that there are other ways that she can make money that she can take a step back and find other options until the right thing comes along and not just have to settle for whatever yeah it's very funny to me when Moira is like, she sees Gloria and she's like, we have to get out of here. She can't see us. Like, she doesn't realize that Gloria is there mm-hmm. for the same reason. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I always wonder, like, Moira, do you think she's she's here as a fan? What, what else is she here? <laughs> she's just hanging out. <laughs> Why else do you think she's here? And it's fun to see Alexis get to see this, like, behind the scenes look at it too and them kind of work on that public relations mm-hmm. partnership they have with each other. Yeah, this is really building into the season finale and Moira choosing to ask her to stay on and do the PR. We're we're seeing the the way that they're building that through this episode. Yes. Oh my gosh, are you ready <laughs> to see the second surprise party that David Rose has tried to throw on the show? And had to ruin. <laughs> and had to ruin. <laughs> I just love how David's like, surprise parties are tacky. And I'm like, A, you've thrown one before. <laughs> B, you still haven't been, it still hasn't been a surprise. <laughs> he has to ruin it in the same way both times. And they both have the same right. reaction. <laughs> right. I love that cold open where they're talking about the party and just like, they're being so roses mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, from Johnny and the quarantine camels. <laughs> yes, we know how the camels feel. <laughs> a month. I wish I was a camel. <laughs> uh, to the roses 
not being able to keep a secret, which is funny because all the roses kept the last surprise party secret, right? <laughs> except Dave. This does give us though this it, it, another point in this season long arc that we have mm-hmm. of David really going outside of his comfort zone for Patrick's sake. Uh, right. He starts, you know, in the crow hunting with doing the ropes course, which is for the sake of their relationship more than Patrick individually, but still, same concept. And then with things like doing the housewarming party and mm-hmm. going and playing baseball, he's like really stepping up and being there for for what Patrick wants this season. And this is this is a big one for him. <laughs> yeah, um, I think it's interesting that we. we we talk about Patrick kind of getting some do-overs mm-hmm. um, with his life in this season. But I think that a lot of ways, David doesn't get a do-over. David gets what he should, like, the thing he should have have, mm-hmm. <laughs> have had. So, like, yes, Patrick kind of got the high school baseball. My boyfriend's on the baseball team. Uh, but David got to play baseball. And David right. got to be the supportive partner. And David, like, he gets, like, all these things that a lot of people have had earlier in their life this season, too. In the same way Patrick gets a do-over. Yeah. But in true Shits Creek fashion, the surprise party cannot happen without drama. Of course not. And the drama is the sweet little brewers show up. And do not know that Patrick and David are dating, are in romantically in business together. <laughs> yeah, this is a plot line that I still sometimes have some very conflicted feelings about. Mm-hmm. Um, as much as I love this episode, I think that this is obviously one of the like hallmark episodes of the show. Right. But I do have conflicted feelings about this storyline because, I mean, watching it, in the first place, as soon as Johnny started to open his mouth, I just said, oh no, like 30 times, probably. Just like, <laughs> oh no, oh no, oh no! And it's because, I mean, obviously, like, you don't want to see people outed. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of media that relies on this trope, and mm-hmm. it, it relies on, like, queer trauma. And so the surprise of the brewers accepting it, and that whole, like, the joyous part of that plot line is built on us expecting that they won't. Um, Mm -hmm. And so it plays into like, you, you experience those same feelings of fear in the first place, even though it has a happy ending, if that makes sense. And so I don't love that part of it, but I do love that it gives them a chance for Patrick to have a little more agency in this decision than he would have if he had just walked into the party. Um, Mm -hmm. Obviously, you know, that would have been a huge surprise and he would have had, you know, maybe like David would have kissed him when he walked in or something if they didn't right. know about this in advance and he would have had no agency in that decision. So at least this does give him the chance for David to like have that conversation with him and offer and him to choose that he does want to actually come out to his parents tonight and all of that. Right. So I do like that part of it, but, but it's, it's still built on that part. That's like scary and sad. And mm-hmm. all of us kind of have to relive that a little bit uh, yeah. in order to get there. And that, that part of it still is like a, a conflicted thing for me. Yeah. But obviously it is a very well-written and beautiful episode. And I understand why they went this route. Yeah. If, if it had gone the normal route, things like that would have made it extra awful, right. but it, it does have a payoff in the end. I always get, I got my, Oh no, was when he was walking up to the room. Mm, yeah. 
when David walks up to the room, I'm yeah. always like, oh no, no, no. Um, but John, Johnny just, he didn't know. He didn't know. It's not his fault. David didn't know. So how could Johnny know? No, nobody knew, but Patrick. I do love though that Johnny literally goes running to the cafe. We only see Johnny run one right. other time on the show and that is in town for sale to come home and tell the the family that like they're getting out. So this is that level of emergency to him and I love that he takes it that seriously that he recognizes yeah. that he's done something very very wrong. Yeah, he he doesn't know what to do. He's trying through this whole episode like he goes to the brewers and stuff like that. So Yeah, he wants to fix it. Yeah, he wants to fix it, even though it's not really his problem to fix. Like, it's not his fault. Um, But yeah, I love him being all out of breath. Some days Johnny should just take up jogging (laughs) (laughs) so that he can make these these runs. He'll be more prepared, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But... I love party planner David Mm -hmm. (laughs) in that scene. I love that he has, like, I love always the little hints of David, like, both just being, like, that person, like, that we talk about, like, the tastemaker and, like, that. But I always love little hints of control freak David Mm -hmm. (laughs) in, like, the brewers are 11 minutes early. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Because I am very much that person. <laughs> and so it always cracks me up. And it always cracks me up when pe- like people always think of Patrick as the like everything on time person. And David is too, let's be honest. So It's funny to me that people sometimes were surprised by how David was about wedding planning. <laughs> because you do oh, yeah. see that here. Like you you see oh, yeah. all of those sort of elements here in a smaller scale and of course he was that yeah yeah it had to be had to be all together his vision for it um even though once again doesn't work out david should stop throwing parties he really should (laughs) i mean that wedding i thought that was the last one (laughs) just give that one up but then david just kind of goes out to battle with everybody trying to make things right. Yeah. And he starts with Patrick. Yes. And finding out that Patrick has not told his parents that he's gay, but he also hasn't told David that he hasn't told his parents. Right. <laughs> that is my one tiny issue with yeah. this whole situation. <laughs> it is a thing that we've seen from him that he holds mm-hmm. back the like important stuff to be honest um that he thinks will hurt david in some way the things that he finds particularly difficult to talk about that sort of stuff right so this is kind of the rachel situation all over again with david being blindsided by something that patrick should have told him right and i think you see both sides of it right in in some ways that can seem to be the well of course you would have told him he wouldn't have had a problem with them not knowing right. if you weren't ready but the other side of it is is like you know maybe patrick felt like he should have told his parents maybe he felt shame with that and if you don't tell other people then that's not a reality right um so it's not as easy as just saying like patrick should have told david there's all these conflicting mo- emotions for sure in these situations so i think it is a lot the same 
of with the Rachel situation that he was just very comfortably going along mm-hmm. happy with the status quo and he doesn't want to shake that up because you don't know how he's going to react to that um, at this point judging by what we find out in life as a cabaret this has supposedly been somewhere near two years of them mm-hmm. knowing each other um, so like that's a long time to not tell your parents that you're dating someone and so right he doesn't want to make David feel like he's not important enough to tell his parents. Mm-hmm. But in not telling David that, he sort of reinforces that almost. Yeah. I do love this scene, though. It is... I love the scene. It's, it's before season six, my favorite scene of the show. It's so incredibly well, I would say carefully written. Mm-hmm. And I love that they give us the time and space for this scene to really breathe it is the longest scene on the show prior to the wedding Um, and it's like a solid four plus minutes of just this segment which is a lot for a show that's only 22 minutes long right and so it just really gives us the time to to see them wrestle with both sides of this and to show why patrick was afraid and to let David really be that caretaker for him. Yeah. And I think it's very it's very bold of a comedy to spend that mm-hmm. much time in one scene. Like, I think comedies do have, like, dramatic elements to them. Sure. But usually it's broken up over the course of an episode. Like, to have four minutes of just, like, pure drama. There's not, right. there's, like, one joke in the whole thing. And it's not even really a joke. Um but it's just a pure drama that I think that um, really is a really good example of Dan saying the show isn't really a comedy, but a drama where funny things happen to people right. that you can see that in his writing here. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. And he, he really, I mean, obviously he would know, but he really nails that inherent fear that mm-hmm. we all have in coming out to anyone, parents or whoever, that you're going to reveal this part of yourself and even though you know that they're good people and probably going to be fine with it there's still an element of the unknown maybe they won't be and it could it could change everything right or that they could just see you i think that is another thing for patrick is that he has come to schitt's creek he's always been he's never had to come out in Schitt's Creek that's mm-hmm. just Patrick in this whole situation yeah. he's always been this person but the person that, he's always been the person who f- had or who had found himself like mm-hmm. he never had to be old Patrick here mm-hmm. and I think even with you know knowing instinctively that your parents will accept you even if you're still a little worried about it it's also like but still even if they do do they see me differently or do they right. not see this new person that i really am and i think there's a lot of layers to that yeah yeah definitely there's a lot of layers to this whole scene <laughs> <laughs> there <are more. laughs> uh, because i think we have that aspect of it and then you just have the aspect too of like what david is doing mm-hmm. in this scene and how he is the person he is being here on many different levels. <laughs> yeah. This is one of the best scenes, of course, of David mm-hmm. being like a good boyfriend. Um, and you see really kind of the balance in the, their dynamic here that it's not always that David is kind of 
off the walls and Patrick is writing him in. Like mm-hmm. there is bad that here. Um, and you really see him offer to do some things for Patrick here that I think are huge for him. He, mm-hmm. he offers to take that step back and say, you know, I will be basically nobody to you tonight. If that's right. what you need, I'll be just your business partner. And you know that in the past, people have probably made David mm-hmm. feel like he wasn't anybody. Yeah. It's quite possible he's been treated that way. It, that was makes me sad because yeah. he he offers that because I always feel like he wouldn't have offered if he hadn't have had to have done that before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that somebody had, had made him feel like he wasn't mm-hmm. anyone to them. Um, and obviously, like, Patrick's parents know and it would all be a ruse and we know that. But Patrick doesn't know that. Right. Um, so it is very brave of Patrick to say, no, I do want them to know. We can't. I, I mm-hmm. won't do that to you. Um but it, it is like, it's a big gesture on David's part. Yeah, it is. And he, I was like, I always compare it to season one, David of like, can you imagine season one, David seeing season this, yeah. this moment yeah. in his life and realizing, cause he like, this to me is where you hit like, okay, David Rose has, this is the, like the, not that it's complete, but the like level up to really good person. This is where David hits that point. So for me, that's one thing. But also, I always think because he brought it up, is Dan brought it up in the um, Entertainment Weekly binge podcast about comparing this scene to um, the barbecue with David thinking everything's over. This is about David. You know, this is playing right into what I thought was going to happen. And this is a similar situation and almost in some ways even worse. And David kind of overrides what he probably would have always said of like, this is it. Of -hmm. course, this is how it happens, but he's going to be a support for Patrick. Yeah. It really underlines the idea of love as an act Mm -hmm. and that, you know, it's not just a feeling. It's how you choose to act on those feelings and, this is David choosing to put his own fears aside and say, right. I love you enough that like, we are going to figure this out. Yeah. And I do, I do love that Patrick doesn't just say like, no, don't do that. Or I guess is how, like he says like, that he owes it to them to make this right. And that he wants that to happen, not just because it's being forced upon him. Um, So I think that that kind of, hits home that this isn't this isn't something that David might have found himself in in the past yeah yeah we do have to I think briefly talk about Noah's acting in this scene (sighs) his whole acting in the whole episode (laughs) dear (laughs) lord Uh, just just the breathing is too much Mm -hmm. (laughs) the like shaky yeah. I can't. I can't handle it. <laughs> there is really good acting in this whole episode. And I think that why they don't have Emmys for these these episode this episode is it's a comedy show that they've submitted for like Emmys and it's very dramatic, but it's such good acting all through. There's like moments of time. <laughs> I actually remember this because one of the first things I ever sent to Leslie <laughs> ever, I always remember this because the scene, this always catches my mind is 
there's just like this beautiful look that Dan gives when he knows then when David knows that Patrick has not told his parents, but he's asking him about it and just the pause and the look on his face is like such good acting uh-huh. just in a look. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember I sent it to Leslie to ruin her life. It was <laughs> one of the first times I was doing that. And now here we are. <laughs> and here we are. Uh, but like just the emotion they pour into the scene and, throughout the episode is just there's so much care taken with this episode yeah and it it never really tips over into anything that's like saccharine or Mm-mm. melodrama it is very real throughout all of it yeah and, and like you said yeah i think the fact that it is nominated as a comedy for things makes it so that this episode unfortunately does not win them the things that should but yeah also, I would just like to uh, give a shout out to Dan Levy's uh, acting dimples in the scene. <laughs> so David fights that battle and now he has to go fight the battle of the Brewers. Yes, that that quick shot of him outside the motel room just sort oh, of like yeah. stealing himself to go in is just getting oh, ready my for heart. it. <laughs> yeah, and it's like not it's like stealing himself and also just. I love that it's also kind of like, oh, I just don't want to do uh-huh. this. Uh-huh. <laughs> nobody wants to have um, to do that. but <laughs> Nobody wants to have to do that, but you're he's going to do whatever he has to do yeah. um, to make it all right for Patrick and goes in there. With his little gift basket. With his gift basket. My favorite thing about this scene with the Brewers is that, yes, he is going there to try to sort of smooth things over with them but he's doing it in a way where he refuses to be apologetic Mm -hmm. about being in a relationship with Patrick they ask him you know so you're not in a relationship with our son and he says oh no I very much am like he is not going to apologize for being in love with Patrick uh, even if that means that his parents are going to be upset about that or whatever like that is not something that David is willing to compromise on in any way yeah, and I think a big reason why David is here is, like, both to try to fix this, but also, like, almost to be, like, throw it at throw it at him if that's what it's going to happen. Right. Before they get to later. Right. Um, or, like, even, like, to stop it and say, well, then you're not coming to the party. Right. <laughs> that's how things are going to be, like. Yeah. But the brewers are fine. I agree with you on the the premise of the beginning Mm-hmm. It's kind of hard, but this, I love where it turns the trope on its head here um, of that, you know, in, in most other shows, you'd walk into the situation and he would be fighting the battle. He would be sending them home. Um, but I love how they, they don't, they don't give that reaction, but they use a lot of the same language to then hit home how, okay, they are with it so one of the, one of them is like Clint is asking David you know is it something we did which is like the classic <laughs> question right. did we make him gay yeah did we make him gay but what he means is is there something we did to make him think he can't tell us this thing about him like they're they're worried parents in a very loving way um and they want to know why he couldn't tell them was it something they did because they they are completely fine with it i kind of love that it takes those same 
pieces of language and makes it okay. I would need a nap after this whole day. I, I really hope David got to squeeze in a nap there. <laughs> I know. But he's probably been at the, the cafe micromanaging where the crab cakes go and all of that. Mm -hmm. so. <laughs> Before heading home to put his power of love shirt on. <laughs> happy birthday. Everyone's there. They're gonna they're gonna cheer. They they can't quite get happy birthday down, so they gotta yell surprise. And that is one of my like top funniest moments of this oh, episode yeah. is that everyone yells surprise, except you can watch that Alexis starts to say happy birthday and then switches to surprise halfway through, and Moira just flat out yells happy birthday, and then Clint gives her a look like, What the uh, yes. fuck? <laughs> I love, I love his look, and I love Alexis like shaking her head, being like, "No, no, surprise!" Oh, <laughs> uh, all these people, all those people <laughs> that we don't know where they come from, <laughs> are back. We'll note the the pitcher from the baseball team also here again. So <laughs> confirmed, one friend. <laughs> and then Clint Brewer tells dad jokes, which I love. He he, mm -hmm. you know, I thought you guys were. Out of town. Well, we are. <laughs> like, uh -huh. Quintessential dad joke. Love it. <laughs> oh my gosh. The brewers are exactly what you think the brewers are. They are. They're delightful. And I love <laughs> how even before Patrick has said anything to them, they're already here trying to reinforce how okay they are with all of it. Right. And that, you know, they're, they're playing up how much they like David already to try to mm -hmm. make this process easier on him. Yeah, I love the little moment between David and Patrick as he goes off to talk to his parents. And I love, I love that David is there to reassure him, even though David knows it's going to be fine. Right. And just ugh, that little moment. I, well, like, that's what I was saying earlier. I think that, you know, the fact that he does know gives him mm -hmm. better confidence in being able to reassure Patrick right. here. And I think that, that might be something David kind of needs because, yeah. you know, it would have been easy for him to be like, I, I, yeah, I hope it's going to be okay. Uh, mm -hmm. But he can have such confidence in this moment that, yes, of course it's going to be okay. And if it isn't, I'll be here. Uh, right. Because he's already had that conversation with them. And so he gets to be what Patrick needs because he knows what's going to happen. Yeah. No whispered I love you's? Come on. <laughs> too much. <laughs> it's too much love. Too much. There's Can't a lot handle of love it. <laughs> There's so much love in this. This like episode is written in love and you can just feel it all mm -hmm. throughout. And poor little nervous Patrick. <laughs> his little nervous hands. His little nervous hands and like pushing on his hands. And, oh. Once again, no one's acting. Well, and it's so interesting because, like, we always joke, like, Noah, your eyes are so loud. But I think, I don't think there's a lot of loudness <laughs> to him in this episode in yeah. those same ways that he is. Like, he's very nervous. He's very, like, he's, like, clenching up. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so it's very interesting to see that range. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's really pulled inward here. But yeah, and I think when you get to the end scene, which we'll talk about, like he kind of goes back to that doughy-eyed, uh -huh. cute one. Um, but he's very in, like pulled in. Yeah. But then you've got Marcy, who is like the over-enthusiastic <laughs> ally, who is just so ready to cheer him on, she can't even let him get the oh, words yeah. out. And Clint's just like, please chill. 
Marcy bought like Marcy was like in the middle of this afterwards like buying pride flags and all kinds of stuff from Amazon so they'd be there when she got home probably she's yeah. that she's just she's there for her kid and she is. she's so sweet she is and Clint is super supportive in his way too you know he's a little quieter about it mm -hmm. and I love that because David impressed upon them in the scene in the motel room how important it is to let Patrick have this moment right, right. you know we're gonna keep him in the closet <laughs> that sort of thing yeah. like let him have this moment to tell you and Clint is trying mm -hmm. to preserve that for Patrick. He listened to what David said and is like, okay, this is important that we let him do this on his own. Right. And so he is, he's trying to keep Marcy calm so that Patrick has that opportunity. Right. But then as soon as Patrick is looking for his support, he doesn't just say like, yes, of course, it's fine. Like he goes above and beyond and is like, we, we really like David and you know, right. like tries, tries to make it clear that it's not just like the bare minimum of acceptance that right. they are genuinely happy for him. Yeah. And that little relieved sigh of Patrick's just ruins my life every time. <laughs> yes. And him saying that, like, he's happier than he's ever been. And... Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, also speaking of supportive family, like, I love that shot over yes. to the Roses and Stevie all huddled together, kind of waiting to see what will happen because this is kind of his found family mm -hmm. of Schitt's Creek just you know wanting to know he's okay yeah they love him and then we get slow dancing neck kisses neck kisses slow dancing like there's so much good stuff happening in this end scene and well first of all obviously Patrick knows that he knows now what <laughs> David did for him he he recognizes yeah. that his parents knew and that David has has gone to bat for him and, and tried to smooth this over. Mm -hmm. So I think that's nice that we get that sort of resolution within this episode too and not right. like put that off and he finds out later. I want to defend Clint Brewer because Clint Brewer is an okay <laughs> actor. It was Marcy Brewer that blew that whole thing. <laughs> she is a bad actor and how dare Patrick say it was both his parents are bad actors. <laughs> maybe clint was too calm maybe that was the issue oh maybe clint normally yells we just don't know could be who knows like, like he's a loud talker and we just didn't realize it <laughs> and then we get this look at the end mm -hmm. with with patrick holding david and just mm -hmm. they give you that long sort of lingering shot of him just kind of staring out into space Right. Clearly something on his mind. Mm-hmm. I wonder why. I know, right? Like, as we talked about last week, you know, speculation had started to kind of ramp up at this point that, you know, maybe at some point they could get married. Mm -hmm. And so then this shot sort of pushed that over the edge, I think. Of people yeah. being like, this is Patrick saying, like, thinking about the fact that he wants to marry David. I think he knew like, personally, I didn't right. know he wanted to marry David long before this. But I think this is the point where he's like, okay, now is the time. Right. Like, I am going to marry this man. Yeah. Everything's settled. Mm -hmm. It's a done deal. It's a done deal. <laughs> like, he's, this is it. This is who he wants for life. Uh, and that song. And song uh. choice. Yes, yet another good one. Well done all around. Do you have a favorite episode after out of all these episodes? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Out of all these one episodes that we watched. I think that 
the one episode is my favorite episode. Um, what is your favorite line? Ooh, favorite line. There are obviously a lot of like very emotional ones in this one, mm-hmm. um, but I decided to go with something a little funnier. And in particular, I really like, um, you're going to laugh yourself right out of the closet on this one. <laughs> I love that little moment of levity right uh-huh. in the middle of such yeah. a heavy scene, you know? Um, yeah. Just the fact that he's making closet jokes when Patrick has just admitted <laughs> that he hasn't come out to his parents. Very funny. Yeah. Speaking of the closet. <laughs> also in my favorite line. I, I get there's like so many like lovely lines mm-hmm. in this episode that are probably my favorite, but it, you have to go with kind of funniest right. ones. And I it's kind of funny in a sad way. Um when David is in the room with Patrick's parents, telling them they're all gonna go to the party. Um and Marcy's like, I don't know, should we go to the party? And he says, I think the best birthday present we could give him at this point is just keep him in the closet till then. I know that came out wrong, but we all understand what I'm saying, right? <laughs> I love him just like throwing his hands over his shoulder. <laughs> like, keep him in the closet. Anyway. Anyway, let's talk about fashion. <laughs> we got to start with the Rick Owens tunic. Okay, and if anyone says to me that they do not like this Rick Owens tunic, <laughs> I mean, valid, but I think it looks like the comfiest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. I love the draping. Mm-hmm. It looks very cozy, but it also looks so good on Dan. It looks so good on And so part of me is like, is this just look good because of dan like how he's structured as a person makes it lay how it lays i think is right, a big right. key point and maybe if you don't look like a bean pole of a human <laughs> right. being that wouldn't look great on you right like i have boobs it probably doesn't work as well as that, i feel like yeah. <laughs> but he has like the perfect shoulders for it to where it lays yeah um they may have done some tailoring too you never know but uh i'm really happy though that we never see pretty much his bottom half <laughs> because he's wearing those ugly ass joggers not the good joggers not the good ones yeah the drop crotch joggers cashmere joggers mm-hmm. that probably just makes him look like a long sock <laughs> <laughs> it is cozy though <laughs> i mean he is about as cozy as they come in this part of the show um which i kind of love when he's like battling it out in this cozy outfit yeah well and i love that he doesn't change out of this before he goes to see the brewers either Mm -hmm. like in the way that he is unapologetic about loving patrick he's also unapologetic about who he is and isn't going to like right tone that down in some way and i i love that too because like we have seen literally seen him armor himself in Mm -hmm. clothing before to go talk to somebody um but he doesn't do that here doesn't though the most he armors himself in is lip balm (laughs) then of course we have to talk about what he wears to the party which is the Givenchy I believe in the power of love sweatshirt such a good pick what a choice what a choice I love that like I love that it's the story it's telling with what you know but I also love the thought of Patrick coming in Uh not knowing how his, Uh his parents are gonna think 
and having that message right in yeah. front of him. Yeah, it's it's such a perfect choice in that twofold sort of way that mm-hmm. it is David saying like the power of love has made this okay already. Like your parents right. his parents love him enough that like this is all going to go fine and so David has confidence in that. But it is also a message to Patrick specifically. It's going to be fine. Love is going to get us mm-hmm. through this. Yeah. Such a good choice. And and obviously, like, this then starts to really play out in the rest of the seasons that mm-hmm. he has worn, you know, like, the um, Love Me Tender sweater and stuff before this. Right. But this is sort of the turning point in at which he really starts leaning into having messages of love on his clothing mm-hmm. and wearing his heart on his sleeve. Aww. Do you know one little thing that I love? What's that? Is that all the brewers... <laughs> all wear blue (laughs) it's a family trait patrick learned that from somewhere too yeah (laughs) i love that they keep them all in blue so that's just continues throughout the family yeah they have they for sure have blue shutters on their house (laughs) yeah yeah there's other good looks yeah the party looks in general i think are all really fun i'm sad we don't get more of moira's look here i love this wig and dress combo that she's mm-hmm. got going on. Yeah. It's funny because she plays such a background part in these scenes, but is covered in sequins. <laughs> oh yeah. She likes like literally is sparkling at one point in the background. <laughs> mm-hmm. But that's, I feel like that's true Moira fashion though, that she, oh, will, yeah. she's never going to blend into the background wherever she goes. No, including a soap opera convention. I love that mm-hmm. look. Yeah. I love the glasses. Uh-huh. Just make the whole look. Yeah. She's just perfect when she walks out to her fans. Yes. It's just and the other thing that I really love fashion wise in this episode is uh Alexis's vest. Mm, her vest. <laughs> we call yeah, it a vest. Zara. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't love the fringe, but I love the like band uh-huh. leader like look to it but in a very boho way yeah yeah moira's just gotta wear open-toed shoes next time (laughs) yes does moira own well i'm sure she owns open-toed but she's gonna need a whole sandal (laughs) situation (laughs) yeah Uh, anyways next week next week we wrap up season five we do we almost wrap up this podcast we will have one podcast after that yep we will also republish the season six podcast so that if you're new you can listen but they're already at the beginning yep um so next week we're talking the roast the hike and life is a cabaret and we get to all kinds of like events life events happening yeah yeah big things (laughs) there's a lot happening big things happening my most hated sweater is coming up (laughs) there'll be about 20 minutes about that um i'm sure they're really looking forward to it (laughs) don't worry leslie we'll cut out you just assume there were 20 minutes next week about the sweater but leslie cut them out But until then, be sure to check us out on Twitter and Instagram at ShitFacePod. And if you want to find us personally, you can find me on Twitter at LeslieTheBaker. And I am Brandy in Indy on Twitter. And be sure to subscribe and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts as it helps more people to find the show. And until next week, bye! Bye! Bye!